Hello and welcome back to Stories with me, SpongeBob SquarePants. And today we're once again taking a look at the seedy underbelly of Reddit slash Tales from the Squad Car. Let me know what you think of this story in the comments as well as any suggestions you might have that we may just use in a future installment. Also, I'm kinda getting burnt out on turd-infested cop stories, so seriously, let me know what other subreddits I should read from. You're looking at 10 to 15 years hard time, so you'd better take the plea bargain, cause we're getting started now. Our single overly long and surprisingly descriptive story is called... The Pants. The closet door creaked open, and the wire hanger screamed in protest as I sifted through my boring formal attire for something that wouldn't require too much ironing. Court tomorrow? <sighs> my wife yawned from the bed, face still buried in her Kindle. It's been a while. Yeah, some stupid old case from Homicide. Dude's appealing his previous guilty plea. I inspected the suit jacket of a garment older than any of my kids and put it back once I saw the puffy shoulder pads. Wasting everyone's time, he confessed the night of the stabbing. Literal blood on his hands. We have him on video doing it for God's sake. Sorry. She rolled over and pulled the covers up. I flopped an old gray number under the foot of the bed, figuring it was the best I'd do. I hadn't been to court in almost a year. My new job, actually an old job that I returned to, the Fugitive Squad, had a much lower instance of being subjected to that particular drudgery. I dragged the iron slowly across the lapel of an ancient white dress shirt and internally complained about the coming day. After getting fancy in the morning, I headed into the office. I was greeted by the expected cat calls and wolf whistles. Most of my coworkers had never seen me in anything but jeans and a t-shirt. What's the occasion? John called from his desk as I logged into my computer. Dumbass appealing a stabbing plea, I grunted back. Anything going on today? Nah, I think your guy's the only active case we got. I had been tracking down a gang member who had warrants out for abducting and robbing a prostitute. Oh, cool. It's in a holding pattern until I hear from the place I think he works. The manager seems to want to cooperate. You good if I call you if he reaches out? Yeah, I don't have to be all fancy like you. I'll just be hanging here, ready to roll. I turned back to my computer, happy with my backup plan, and tapped out a few emails before heading out the door for court. My meeting with the prosecutor went about as predicted. She hadn't really prepped thanks to the hefty caseload, so she quickly scratched notes as we walked to the elevator bank. The crime scene detective and patrol guy who was first on scene were waiting for us in front of the courtroom, ready to brief the frazzled attorney with their contributions. We entered the courtroom and greeted the victim who surprisingly had showed up. I settled in and awaited the judge and the defendant to enter, both from back hallways of the courthouse. Motions passed with me and the motley crew of witnesses being ordered to wait outside the courtroom until we were summoned. I knew voir dire was usually a lengthy process, so quickly claimed a comfortable spot overlooking the busy street outside the floor to ceiling windows at the courthouse. Just as I was about to start vegging out to Reddit, my phone buzzed. It was the manager of the dude I was tracking. Is this Detective EMR? It is, I answered. Thanks for calling, Mr. Abdullah. Pedro is coming in today. This morning, probably around 11, he grunted. Oh, did he call? I pulled a pen and paper from my jacket pocket and wrote 11 on it. No, I called him. I told that son of a bitch he better be here today or else. Good, right? 
I could hear his smile on the other side of the phone and his expectation of being patted like a retriever with a dead duck in its mouth. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for, um, reaching out to him for me. It was definitely not what I wanted. Not only because I was in court, potentially for the rest of the week, but also because it didn't seem very natural to order a warehouse worker who knew he'd just robbed a hooker into his minimum wage job with the threat of or else. I'll call you when he gets here. He hung up before I could give any further instruction. My scant notes seemed lonely on their sheet of notebook paper. I quickly dialed John. He answered on the third ring. What's up? How's court treating you? Sucks. Hey, you busy? Just got a call from the manager of my Target. Oh, yeah. We got called out to sit on this dude's apartment for homicide. I think it was nothing, but boss wanted to get out of the office. I cracked my neck in aggravation and paused before responding. You think anyone can break off for my guy? He's a runner and fighter, and I don't trust this manager to be subtle with him when he gets in. He basically ordered the guy in today so that I could grab him. Huh, that sucks. Yeah... I'll see what I can do. I'll hit you back in five. John hung up, leaving me to ponder my other options. Patrol had become castrated since I had last been working fugitive. New policies made the street supervisors afraid of their own shadows, let alone a police fighting prostitute robbing gang member. There was no other option. I next thought about reaching out to any of my federal buddies, but quickly realized that without the already laid groundwork getting the case adopted, it would be an unsurmountable obstacle to get their help. I leaned back in semi-defeat, hoping my boss would bail me out and make this arrest easy. Do you got a case working? The patrol guy asked from the other side of the couch. Huh? Oh yeah, this court crap really hampers my style, you know, I replied, rubbing the bridge of my nose and glaring at the courtroom door. Yeah, I feel ya. I had traffic court yesterday, got weed court tomorrow, and a few prelims Thursday. He shook his head and leaned back on the couch and draped casually over the back of it. I remember those days and don't miss them. What's this case you're working? You're still in homicide, right? He asked. Nah. Made my way back to fugitive operations, thankfully. Hence my annoyance at court. There's none of this nonsense in my current gig. I glanced at my phone, hoping John would be calling with good news. I'm looking for a dude with abduction paper. Oh, nice! So you just, like, go out and find people? He scooted a little closer to the couch, now more engaged in the conversation. Pretty much, yeah. We also work with federal agencies, helping them on odd jobs when needed. But finding wanted guys is our bread and butter. I looked down and confirmed there was still no indication John remembered I was alive. So how do I get to do what you do? Another scooch in my direction. Well, I guess get good at mining social media. Gotta know your police databases, get comfortable with interviews, work on tactics, oh, and shooting. We all must qualify expert, drill down your Fourth Amendment stuff. I could see him shrinking with each item as I went down the list. We keep fitness standards too, so make sure you're good with sprints and mid-distance. Oh, and try to get ahead on how to author search warrants for tech stuff. We're all into phone tracking and IP address monitors. Do you know the pen register and trap and trace process? Oh, cool! Yeah, I know about that stuff. He leaned back again and gazed in the opposite direction down the hall as he scooted back to his end of the couch. I mean, I can find people no problem. He mumbled to himself a little, but he stopped paying attention as my phone began to vibrate. John, give me good news. Well, it's good news and bad news. I think we're going to break this thing down soon. 
He started. Great! What's the bad news? We may not be leaving for a couple hours. Well, that doesn't help. I guess it's better than nothing. I'll call back the manager and have him stall for us. I glanced at the time, 10.30. I'd put money on the guy being late anyway. Okay, your guy is priority once we get the go-ahead to roll. I'll keep you updated, man. A short while later, the door swung open from the courtroom as I hung up on John. The frazzled prosecutor was first out, legal pad clutched tight and eyes darting in search of someone. Her gaze stopped on me, and she pulled a finger towards an interview room up the hall. How'd that go? I asked upon entering. Jury suck! This judge sucks! This defense- She cut herself short, glanced out the door, then in a lower voice continued. This defense attorney sucks! And your suspect sucks. Everyone is fighting me on everything. She settled into a chair at the awkward 90s era table and flopped her now much fuller legal pad of notes on top. 15 minute recess. Let's go over the witness list. I'll go first, I volunteered hopefully. No, no. I think we'll call the victim first. That's the longest and I bet I can get most of what I need from him. So I'm second? Hmm... I'm thinking patrol second for timeline purposes. Keep it flowing. She was scratching the order down as she said it. Ah, cool. I hesitated, dipped my head into her field of view. So I'll go third? Well, I wonder if I should call crime scene next. That way we can get over any directions about the scene and get all the evidence they collected in. She tapped her pen a few times, a metronome of tension that seemed to pound in my ears louder with each tap. Yep, that's best. She scribbled the crime scene detective's name down. So I guess I'm last. At first, I was bummed out. Then, opportunity rang. If I'm last, can I take off and come back after lunch recess? She scrunched her face in contemplation. I guess? I mean, I'll still need you here for most of it in case they pull something crazy out of their hat. I checked my phone for the time. 10.41. I'd be pushing it, but I could make it to Pedro's job by 11.15 if I left then and there. I pulled out my wallet, threw a business card in her direction, and took off. My cell's on the card. Call me if you need me. See you at 1300. Well, I was too far away to hear any reply and began pounding the down button at the elevators. My car's tires squealed a bit on the parking garage surface, but I didn't care. Sweet freedom. And a chance to make an easy closure were worth any griping from command staff who may have been with an earshot and wanting to pick a fight. I pulled onto the main drag, then onto the hallway in the direction of my target before calling John. I was just about to call. We broke off early, heading to your guy's place in a few. I'm on my way too. Escaped the court's clutches for a couple hours, I think. My tires may have squealed again as I hit exit at warp three. I'm going to beat you there. Okay, I'll start early. Everyone needs to jump on the conference call so we can hear what's going on. If you get there first, what's the plan, Mr. Fancy Pants? I remember my attire wasn't exactly the typical undercover, but there was nothing I could do about it. I'll throw on a gun, grab some cuffs, and get my guy, I guess. Hell yeah! I could envision John's fist pump. That's how we do it! Get on the call! See you in a few! I pulled into a grocery store parking lot and dug in my center console for my AirPods. We had recently purchased them to go with the pay service conference call program to overcome the usual radio issues that would spring up on operations, as well as to maintain better undercover look. I dialed into the conference line from my personal phone, leaving my work phone available in case the manager called me back. As if answering my internal monologue, the manager's number buzzed onto my phone. Mr. Abdullah, I'm on my way. Any sign of Pedro? Ah, uh, yes, he's here. 
I tell him get in my office now, and he get very angry. You come get him now. That's the plan. I'm about 10 minutes away. I pulled back into traffic, now decked out with my Apple gear. No 10 minutes. He's here now. I know, but I'm getting there as fast as I can. Are you able to make him wait somewhere else? I don't want him to leave. Mr. Abdullah sighed heavily into the phone, making me aware I was putting him out by my request. Fine. I tell him to go stalk. You need to hurry. He hung up abruptly again, and I got caught up in traffic at a red light. EMR? You up? John's voice piped in through the AirPods. I unmuted my side. Yep, dude's at work. I'm 10 minutes out. You guys close? About 15. Traffic sucks. My boss chimed in, having dialed into the line too. Okay, I had the manager send him out to work the stock. He was going to pull him into the office and yell at him or something. My light turned and I was able to get ahead of the traffic clot with some almost legal maneuvers. I'll get set up. Let's just try and surround the joint as we get there. Cool? All my team members agreed in some fashion and I continued towards my destination. A few minutes later, I pulled into the industrial area where Pedro worked. A large complex of cinder block constructed warehouses, mechanics and metal workers were the bulk of the occupants, and I found Mr. Abdullah's medical supply warehouse located towards the back. I gave an update over the AirPods, then waited. John was the first to arrive, and about the time he got settled, the rear door to the warehouse flew open and Pedro stormed out, red-faced and looking pissed. You see the target, John? Got him, he replied. He doesn't look too happy. Pedro kicked a bucket of cigarette butts on cue, then pulled his own pack out and lit up a new port. You and me can take him if we get someone to watch the front. Two out, my boss answered. I'll take the front. Pedro huffed and puffed for a cigarette span, then entered the warehouse again. Once my boss indicated he was in position, John and I met at the back of a trailer. Did I mention you were looking fancy today? He asked. Yeah, yeah, you brought it up. We walked to the landing outside the rear door as other team members voiced up, saying they were too falling into place. The boss gave the order to mute all the phones other than mine so that they could monitor and react if things broke bad inside. John and I popped open the door and walked into the dark warehouse. Pedro and a burly companion were manhandling a pallet of boxes, slicing strapping with box cutters and cursing up a storm. I gave them a nod and John made himself small, slipping along the wall to our right and down an aisle of shelves, acting like you in the place. I pretended not to notice Pedro, instead addressing his partner. Excuse me, can you point me to Mr. Abdullah? I'm here to talk about a very large order my company is placing. I figured I might as well act the part of a guy in a suit. The burly guy just pointed to the opposite end of the warehouse down another aisle. I nodded like I knew what he meant, but stayed still, realizing if I abandoned the rear door, we might not have coverage on the outside due to only a few guys being set up on the perimeter. Oh, down there? Where exactly? I've never been here. The guy's eye roll was almost audible. Down there? Turn left. He's in the office. It's the only one. Ah, gotcha. Do, do you think you or your friend could show me? I put on what I hope would be a meek expression, praying for some pity and luck. I noticed John slipping into the row the burly guy had indicated. Another eye roll, but this time the guy straightened up, turned to Pedro, and with a dismissive flick of his wrist, he said, Go, show him. Pedro's shoulders slumped, but he complied. Stomping ahead of me without a greeting, we departed the burly gentleman who went back to slashing the stack of boxes. Mr. Abdullah said I should look for a guy named Pedro. You know him? I asked the back of Pedro's head. Nah. He muttered, still stomping ahead. Oh! I let a pause pass. 
What's your name? I figured I could try and be a friendly businessman. Mario. He answered, not missing a beat. Huh, weird. We continued in the direction of John, who was pretending to browse an array of adult diapers on a shelf. As we got within striking distance, I addressed my guide again. Okay, hold up, Pedro. I'm with the police. You got any ID? You've got warrants and you're under arrest. Pedro froze in his tracks. John squared off on him, flanking him on the side opposite of me. I placed my hand on my gun, taking a sidestep to clear the crossfire with John forming an L with Pedro in the roll of the right angle. He seemed to mull his options as John addressed him. Keep your hands where we can see them. Reach for the knife and it won't end well. John drew his gun and tucked it in a low ready position. Pedro decided to act, attempting to plow through John towards the front. I rushed forward and grabbed him by the collar while John used his offhand to give him a Heisman shove to the chest. Pedro fell to the floor and John and I quickly spun down onto him, knees into his back and grasping for his right arm. I pulled my cuffs and roughly clicked them into place. Were you trying to run? Smart. Pedro struggled for a moment but quickly gave up. You good? I asked John. Yeah, he puffed. But what's that smell? I sniffed a sample. Pungent, stinging my nose. Familiar. Pedro, did you poopy? Did you poop your pants, Pedro? He didn't answer, but I was suddenly greeted with guffaws through my AirPods. Did EMR just ask him if he made poopy? I'd forgotten about the new equipment in my ear and felt my cheeks reddening. Mr. Abdullah came waddling over. You get him? Good. You know come back, Pedro. I no want bad guys here. He waddled away, ending the conversation as though it was one of his phone calls. We dragged Pedro out the back door. His legs seemed to stop working with the new hardware on his wrist. The burly guy froze at the boxes, staring at us with a confused look. You police? He asked. Sometimes, I replied, and we exited back into the bright sunlight. A line of undercover vehicles sat, awaiting us, and my boss walked up. That was easy. He looked at Pedro. Are you Mr. Poopy Pants? Pedro soaked in silence. <laughs> John called from his car while lathering several pumps of hand sanitizer into his palms. We got Mr. Poopy Pants and Mr. Fancy Pants. After everyone had a good laugh, John took the lead on finding a transport that could be more easily decontaminated than our undercover cars. Get back to court, dude. I got this. I gave copious thanks and took off back to the drudgery. I swung through a Popeye's drive-thru once I realized I'd skip lunch and wouldn't have another opportunity until dinner to eat. I figured a celebratory sandwich may lift my spirits. My phone began ringing on my second bite, an unknown number. I swallowed and answered. Detective EMR. Hey, it's Smith. The prosecutor. You want an update? Sure. I'm sure it's gonna be great. I lathered the sarcasm onto that statement like buttercream icing on a sheet cake. Actually, yeah. We heard the victim's testimony. We broke for lunch, and his attorney just called. He's going to put in a plea. A load lifted off my shoulders, and I said a little prayer of thanks. That's amazing. Do you need me there? Nope. You're clear. I'll call if it goes bad. But otherwise, we're all set. Go change out of your terrible suit. Hey! I thought I looked pretty professional. Fooled a warehouse worker just now. I feigned injury. Wow! Well, had I known such a bastion of style advice approved, maybe I wouldn't have judged so harsh. 
After the call, I finished my sandwich and took a few quiet minutes. Glad I was done with court for the foreseeable future and hoping to avoid any permanent nicknames from the Daisy fence. Holy shrimp, that was a long story. And I'm surprised there was only one reference of poopy. At least this one had some tactical action and not anaconda-sized turds or drunken morons caking themselves in their own semi-solid excrement. Die-i-i-i-i. Anyways, that's about all the time we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for tuning in with me, SpongeBob SquarePants. What did you think of these stories? Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe for more content, and check out what other stories I have for you. Have a beautiful day, and don't leave home without a face mask. I'll catch you in the next one.